Here we go, draft picks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the Draft 412 podcast. This is translating over to Draft Nation tonight. As I have a special guest, Mr. Mark Mancini. Uh, Mark, as you guys know, is Mr. East Coast to West Coast, former Philly Pittsburgh guy now out in LA uh, with us. And he and I are going to talk some 412 stuff. But before we do that, I want to introduce Mark. Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. Well, it's always a pleasure. This is the show that's sweeping the country, so you got to make a part of it. And, uh, even though the Red Wings and Pens are playing in there and everything, so yeah, I'm I'm right there for you, brother. I'm in the bullpen throwing a hundred. <laughs> well, hey, um, while we're talking about the bullpen, uh, the uh, Major League Baseball uh, playoffs have started. Um, yesterday, there was a historic moment where the Minnesota Twins uh, broke a. 18-game losing streak in postseason uh, to to advance, uh, and a lot of action, you know, yesterday and today. You know, what are your general thoughts? I mean, where do you think this is going? You know where I am. You know I'm still in the Houston Astros camp, but uh, where do you fall on all this? Well, I had four teams saying, and the Mariners just didn't get in there, so they were left out of the uh, party, but the Jays were there. The Jays pretty much went home. Um, I'm not a big fan of this two out of three. I think it should be a three out of five, and they get four out of sevens. No off days. Um, but they've created a, a thing here where, you know, these visiting teams don't even have a chance to breathe. I mean, uh, Tampa now is uh, out of it. Texas did derail them. Uh, so uh, the Brewers look like they're losing three to two in the sixth. Bases are loaded for the D-back, so... I might have one team hanging in this, and that could be the Phillies, but that could be the team that wins the whole damn thing, my friend. Yeah, they look hot right now. I mean, yesterday, the intensity that the, the Philly fans uh, you know, brought to that game, that was rocking. I mean, I know that, you know, I was not at the game, but you could just feel it. I had friends at the game. They said no one left their seats. Uh, they're hungry for it, uh, you know. And I, But here's the problem. Like, I just – I think it's Houston and Atlanta on a crash course. I, I just feel like Atlanta was playing good ball at the end of the year, and 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 then, you know, you, you know Houston just emerging. Now, I know this might not be the. I think everyone's cheering for Baltimore. I think they're there a year early. Maybe I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe the Orioles proved me wrong. And you know, I don't know, man. I just I I just got this feeling that it, you know the Phillies. Yes, you are correct. They could make a run here. Yesterday was very impressive, uh, and. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, if you had to predict a winner right now, who would it be? World Series. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna hang it out there. I'm going to go to the Phillies and, uh, you know, the Rangers. I think the Rangers, uh, keep your eyes on those guys. Bruce Bochy knows how to win. He wins wherever he goes. Um, I think the inexperience of the Orioles will show in this series. Houston and Minnesota, well, you know, you can't never bet against the Astros. Um, but I'm looking at uh, a Lone Star battle with Texas and Houston. I think Texas figures out a way, gets back to the World Series. On the other side, I think the Phillies, they know they can beat Atlanta, and this is a team that's all in, man. They're they're crazy. And if you have to play a game in Philadelphia like you saw last night, it's about four hours of hell there. So the Fish uh, have uh, found that out. The Braves will find that out. And if the Dodgers or D-backs have to go in that place – I think the, the Phillies' motto is finish the job, so I like the Phillies and Rangers. So let's change subjects for a little bit because, you know, I mentioned at the top we're going to do this sort of one-on-one with a merger with a 4-1-2. I know that there's a, 
a lot of fans that are kind of disappointed in the Steelers' two-and-two start uh, to this season. Many people are calling for not just Matt Canada's head, but Tomlin's head. Do you think that's merited? Uh, Is it time for a change, at least at OC, or is it time to even take a look at the coach and just say, hey, look, you know, the guys in the locker room are tired of it, and, you know, it's run its course, and and does Omar Khan look for someone offseason, or does he let this go as it is? I mean, it just seems to me like – the offense is sputtering. The Canada offenses are, you know, basic and collegial, uh, collegiate rather, um, and they just don't seem to, to match up well. And, and you know, you know, it's I think it's stunting Pickett's growth in some regard. Now I do realize they're fighting through some injuries. They're missing their, you know, their star receiver in, in Deontay Johnson. They also, you know, Pat Fryermuth might not play this week, you know, for a soft tissue injury with a with a hamstring. It looks like, and in and they've had. A, some changes on the on the front line there, but you know they spent a lot of money, you know, fixing this team's uh, line in the off season. They've spent a, a number one draft pick on it with Broderick Jones, um, and you know it just doesn't seem like they're catching. It's it's so strange. I mean, the, the preseason just seemed like it went, you know, so smoothly, and it just seems like they came out of this gate rocky. I mean, that was a game that this team should have won. And I know Tomlin has one of those every year where he just, you know, craps the bed and loses to a team he shouldn't. Uh, and this is that team. And next week, you know, it doesn't get any easier. They, they, they've got Baltimore, uh, you know, and that's a, you know, a big AFC uh, North uh, rival game coming in right before the bye week. And is, you know, is it possible to get a get right week during a rival game before a bye? I mean, what are your thoughts on the way the Steelers are playing right now? Well, you know, if I listen to everybody out there and the pronosticators are talking about this could be a preview of the uh, NFC Championship game this Sunday night with the uh, Cowboys and 49ers, I didn't know, you know, you can actually uh, get into the playoffs after about four weeks. But a lot of people, you know, they, they get myopic to the sense where they gravitate towards winners and they forget about looking at the whole thing. We've talked about this before, you and I. In football, people gravitate towards the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver. They forget it's always one in the trenches with the offense and defensive lines. That's what I like to look at. You know, I know it's been a, a, a dismal, uh, you know, uh, uh, game this past Sunday. And, you know, Tomlin gets one of these every year, it seems like. Maybe there's two of them. You just kind of scratch your head and think maybe they weren't mentally prepared after that big game and. Vegas and then the plane problems in Kansas City and okay we get into Houston but I I think it'll shake out I like them this week at home uh, against the Ravens I'll I'll tell you right now people might not be looking at this but I think the two best teams in the NFL right now uh, would be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Baltimore Ravens and the Ravens have done it with Lamar Jackson proving to everybody like hey listen I negotiated my own thing I'm out to prove people I'm the best and they're doing it without J.K. Dobbins there. Uh, on the other side, the, the Eagles kind of remind me of their brothers there in Philadelphia with the Phillies. Same kind of mindset. You know, we didn't get the job done, we'll finish it this time. So uh, everybody's all in. So I think the two best teams right now, if you want to look at four weeks, somebody might say the Chiefs, somebody might say the 49ers, somebody might say this and that, the undefeated. I don't care. I'm looking at the two teams that are solid right now, and I'd have to say Philly and Baltimore. I don't know what your thoughts are after four games. Well, you know, I I like your Philly choice. I chose Philly preseason to repeat and go back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that San Francisco, even though they might 
be look. I mean, they clearly they're they're playing great ball. Uh, I just have a feeling that that team is brittle. Like I'm waiting for Kittle to go out. I'm waiting for McCaffrey to go out. Ayuk was out already. Debo, you know, um, and, you know, got it, he got his ribs injured a few weeks ago. That defense is dominating. Like they are they are playing good ball. It's hard to say they're playing their best ball this season because it's the early part, and usually it takes a while for a team to to, to kind of gel together. Um, and I am interested to see how Dallas stacks up against them. I mean, Dallas has beaten, you know, you can only beat who's on your schedule. Uh, and they've beaten some teams they should have beaten. You know, the Giants didn't put up much of a fight. But then they go into it to Arizona and they just, you know, pull a stinker. You know, and I'm not sure that Dak Prescott's the guy to ever lead the Cowboys to the promised land. You know, they have a good team and they're playing well enough. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, that's going to be an interesting game. On the NFC side, I still think it's the the Eagles to lose. I mean, the Eagles are they're just tough, man. They're just they've, they've got they've got everything, and now they've got experience. You know, and I like their odds to get back to the promised land. On the AFC side, you know, it would be boring to say the Chiefs. Uh, they did lose to Detroit, and I would have to say that after Buffalo's thumping of Miami last week, they had something to prove. You know, I know they're three and one. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, suffered a loss earlier in the year, turned it around this week. Uh, they, I think, uh, you know, the, the Miami Dolphins, we'll see how they react to, you know, getting beat up, not as bad as they put a whooping on Denver the week before, but, you know, I, you know, I get a feeling that, you know, this year in the AFC, there's preseason, you, you know, you have people talking all over the place. So is this the year the Chargers, you know, reach the, the top of the mountains, who knocks the Kansas city chiefs off, uh, the Bengals and Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals right now just they look out of it, you know. And and I know Burrow's injured, uh, you know. I, I just don't I don't see the momentum there. Uh, so if I had to choose, I, I'm going to have to say right if if a if you had to put me on a spot today, you know, even though I thought it was going to be in the preseason, I thought it was going to be a, you know a Chiefs Eagles rematch. I think the Bills are playing the best ball in the AFC, and I don't want to discount what you said. Baltimore, Baltimore's doing what they can. We'll see how they, they stack up against the Steelers on the road uh, on, on the, this coming week. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think the Bills right now would be my team in the AFC, and, you know, we'll see. But um, well, let's stay on the subject for a second. I mean, we're talking yeah. about some of these teams. Who, who are some of the teams in your eyes that are underachieving? Like those teams that you expected more from and might be 1-3, and 2-2, two and two, that you expected to be 3-1 and one and 4-0 and oh by now. Well, I think the the Bengals got to be in the mix there. Joe Burrow's a leader there. I mean, um, I think the Skins would be another one. I mean, this is going to be an interesting thing because uh, the enemy is going to be a head coach somewhere. The the question is, is he going to be in Washington, or is he going to take a job out west? Maybe if the the Chargers situation, because you know um, Rivera's in a no win situation. So I would think. The skins, the skins to me, you know, they they they've been they've had a tough schedule of late. You know, Buffalo and Philly right back to back. But you know, after starting the season two and zero, so even if they split one, they would have been three and one. I think the big surprise is is, is going to be the Lions. I didn't think they could jump out of the gate like that. You know, um, Tampa Tampa's another one at three and one. Uh, you know, it just goes to show you. I've always liked Baker Mayfield, so. Uh, that that's a surprise there, um, and and maybe the Chiefs. I mean, they they just seem to, you know, it doesn't matter who they who goes down or whatever. Or Kelsey can't play or somebody. 
they just stepped it up. But you know, look at look at who have they beaten too. I mean, they've taken advantage of the, the the sisters of the mercy there, with the Jets and the Jags. You know, pulling up the realm. So I mean, that's the thing. Um, you know, disappointments. Um, you know, the Jets season was lost with the you know uh, Rogers. Uh, I think Minnesota is a big shock. I like Kirk Cousins a lot, but the Vikings have been a big disappointment. And um, when you look at the Giants, uh, Joe, they, they that, that's an interesting situation because I've always looked at teams that take care of their guys and keep stuff behind closed doors. San Antonio Spurs, the New England Patriots. I think the Giants took a page out of the Dodgers playbook there. I mean, dismissing, you know, uh, 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 one of their own, I mean, the ball throwing like a playbook at Jones on the sidelines there. It's like, come on, man. What do you, you know, you, when you, when you're, you, you know, I look at people and I've always stuck with this mentality through when you, when, when you're faced with adversity, that's when you're going to really find out what people are all about. And the Giants and Dodgers are in that same boat. And I don't know if they're drinking the same water, but pretty well darn close. Yeah, I have to say that you hit on a few of them there. I think the Minnesota Vikings have fallen. I I hear people talking about them regressing to the mean and those close games they won last year, they're not going to win this year. I mean, that's all relative. Like, I I don't believe in that. But when you trade your best defensive lineman for uh, futures, I mean, and I'm talking like sixth, seventh round, whatever they got from the Cleveland Browns, and then you trade your best runner in Dalvin Cook. And I hate to say it, I mean, there's a big difference between Cook and Madison. I mean, there is. I mean, Madison is a great backup, not a great starter. You know, and I think that, that that's hurt them. And now they've got, you know, the team, you know, sputtering there, trying to figure out a way to, you know, to kind of pull it together and, and, and you know, kind of regather some stuff. But in yeah. that same division, I'm not surprised by the Detroit Lions. I think that the Lions finished last season strong. They started out the season Thursday night, big game. Against Kansas City, in Kansas City, they're raising a banner, uh, and they went in there and beat them. You know, and I realized I realized that Jones and Kelsey were not playing uh, that game, but they still went in and home and beat the Chiefs, and that is a tall order. Now, they did drop one to Seattle, you know, in overtime, and you know, but I think this team's got the pieces, it's got the coaching staff, you know, and they've got an you know, easy path to victory in that division. I think that I am surprised at the level of play from Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. They're, they're, they're a, a little bit more game than I thought they were going to be this year. We'll see if they can, you know, keep that up for um, the rest of the season. Uh, but, you know, I think that you hit the nail on the head. The Giants and the Vikings have just, just disappointed, and the Giants look hopeless. I mean, without Saquon Barkley. If, with that guy on the shelf, they have no offense. And I realize that Andrew Thomas is injured. I realize they, they lost uh, – Back, you know, not, I think three total offensive linemen, including Shane Lemieux. Uh, and during that game, they lost uh, John Michael Smith, their center, um, and rookie center at that uh, during, you know, the, during the game. And you know, so Daniel Jones is running for his life. They have mediocre receivers at best, uh, and they're all the same. You know, and I, 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 I'm waiting for them to you know, unleash the hounds and let Jalen Hyatt play a little bit more. And I realize that rookie receivers take time to kind of fit in, but they – if there's a disappointment in the NFC, it's, it's got to be them. And, uh, you know, and I think on the AFC side, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but like the chargers, like what is going on with all that talent? I know that they lost Mike Williams 
But they've, you know, they've got guys on that. See, Quentin Johnson, their first-round draft pick, you know, comes in, and they've got to find a way to use him. You know, Austin Eckler, I realize, is hurt. But, like, again, a sputtering start, a year that everybody thought that Herbert was going to, you know, step up and rival, you know, you know Mahomes in that division and make him, uh, you know, make it competitive. And these guys are, I hate to say it, I mean, they're almost already out. <laughs> you know, they're going to be competing. The best they can do is compete with a wild card with the way the Chiefs are just going to own that division. And they've got two heads to head against them. So, like, there's there's a chance. I don't want to write them off. It is too early. Like you said, we're four games in. We're not crowning anybody here. But, you know, I have to say, really, really sketchy. I thought the Chargers were going to do a little bit better this year. And, you know, now they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. So, uh, but let's stay on football, but change the subjects a little bit. Let's go to college. Um, yeah. Question. Which teams have surprised in a good way and which teams are playing below the line, to use a Tomlinism? Well, that's a, a great way. I think, you know, to me, is 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 has been playing terrible. I mean, watching the Virginia Tech game, I mean, you thought they'd come up a little bit better than that, but uh, that that Pitt would be the the big surprise there. And the other the the other surprise is just the USC defense has been giving up a lot of points the last couple of games. Uh, Arizona State and Colorado torched them for forty one. I think that's a big surprise, but I think. You know, other than that, USC is just, you know, doing their whatever's on their schedule and they're undefeated. But I think the defense you got to look at. Um, the other surprise would be, uh, and, I, and I, I've, you know, I, I sent you a text earlier about Texas. They've gotten bigger and better under Steve Sarkissian. I mean, that offensive line is like they're averaging 6'4", 325 pounds, but it's that defense that's been keeping the Longhorns unbeaten. So that would be my three right there. I hear you on that. I mean, I'm looking forward to the texas Oklahoma, the big game, right? Red Rivers, oh, I am too. You know what's coming. It's going to be good. Um, Longhorns are playing out of their minds right now. They went in and beat Bama, you know, kind of reestablished themselves as legitimate in the eyes of the voters. Um, and, you know, I'm still not sold just yet, but we'll see. And Oklahoma's, They've got game, you know. I, I think, you know, they've got Dilly Gabriel out there who's been playing pretty well, um, and this is it. You know, this is the, the big game we wait for every year, Texas-Oklahoma. It used to be Oklahoma-Nebraska, you know, and that's, you know, when Nebraska went to Big Ten, it just it, it, it's just kind of faded, and Nebraska just can't get out of their own way. But I think Texas has to be a very pleasant surprise. I would have said Colorado a few weeks ago, uh, and it looks like, you know, they – you know, they're better than they would have been. Uh, obviously, one more games already than they, they won last year. Uh, but, you know, I also think they, you know, they ran up against a couple of teams there that, you know, that proved they're, they're just not where they need to be just yet, right? They might be a, a back-end top 25 team, but losing back-to-back weeks in Oregon and USC. Now, I have to hand it to Deion Sanders. He had that team up for the challenge. I mean, they, you know, USC went out there and, and had a four touchdown lead at one point, I think it was. And I know that they, you know, many folks will say, well, they kind of, Dion's crew caught up, the Buffaloes came back because, uh, you know, that they took the, the, the pedal off, or the, the foot off the gas uh, for right. that and kind of played prevent and let them catch up. But still, that came down to the last drive. You know, for what it's worth, you know, Colorado didn't give up and those kids fought back. And, 
So he's got a lot of fight in that team, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. On the downside, yeah, I mean, you said Pitt. Um, I don't know what Narduzzi – I mean, I honestly – that Frank Signetti hire at that level, uh, it smacks of the Watson hire a few years ago. I mean, he had Matt Canada. Matt Canada kicked butt and moved on, and he brings in a guy like Sean Watson who plays, you know, football like it's still 1994. You know, he Watson's forced out after two subpar years – and I think Narduzzi at some point was forced to look at a guy like Whipple. Whipple gets them, you know, to two 10-win seasons back-to-back, including a Peach Bowl, you know, a big, uh, you know, New Year's, New Year's Day six game against Michigan State. Kenny Pickett exactly. on the Heisman Trophy. And then he leaves, and he goes right back and hires another Watson and brings in Signetti. And Signetti's, you know, welcome to 1996. I mean, I don't get it. It's simple stuff. I mean, Jerkovic has not. He's not played well. He transferred into Boston College. He wanted him to play in front of his home crowd the last year. This is a chance for him to resurge, put himself on draft boards next April. And, you know, we just found out uh, earlier tonight that they're going to go with Christian Veyer, the, the transfer from Penn State. And, you know, they're going to use the, the bye week to, to gather their thoughts. I mean, they are – they're in trouble, right? And and at this point, they've got to do something to save the season uh, and um, – save some of that recruits, the recruits that are coming in for next year, because, you know, how t- the recruits are fickle. And I think it's important. And I think this has got to be Signetti's last year. I mean, great, he's a pit guy. I get it. No one cares. The only way you care is if they win. And I, I just don't like the attitude. I saw that, you know, 15 years ago when, uh, you know, Brady Hoke was hired back to coach at Michigan after Lord Carr was summarily fired, even though they won't say he was fired, they brought in Rich Rodriguez, who destroyed the program for four years. And then they didn't bring yeah. in Brady Hoke, who's clearly was subpar, trying to rebuild that program. It took him a decade to catch up. That's, that's what happens in college. Now, that's changed with the NIL stuff and, you know, the, the, the quick transfers and the do-overs and things like that. Even though they're going to try to put some rules around that next year, you can build a team pretty quickly, a.k.a., you know, Deion Sanders. Take a look at what he's done. Uh, so I, I think that, but you know, I don't know if you know, Pitt's not that. You know, Narduzzi's not Deion Sanders, right? He's not that guy, right? Uh, so we'll we'll see. He's got to salvage the season there. Uh, and I think the other one, I hate to say it because they're not playing bad, but they've had a, you know the loss is Alabama. You know, and everybody yeah. was waiting to see the new Alabama QB and step up and that Georgia Alabama rivalry and the head to head stuff and. You know, they've sort of fallen off the national radar, you know, and I, I just – it for me, I expected more. But, you know, a team like that every now and then can go into a lull, right? They they graduate half of their starters to the NFL. Uh, and I know there's that – you know, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading kind of stuff. And they're, they're a program that can do that. But I just don't feel like this is – they're going in the right direction. And we felt this slip, you know, two years ago when Kirby Smart finally kind of took over for – you know, um, the SEC, you know, like a, a finally got one one up on, on Alabama when it got to Georgia. And then back-to-back national championships and no Alabama. And this year, you know, I don't see anybody on Georgia's schedule that's going to give them, you know, fits. I think that, you know, they had to survive a, a new quarterback this year for the first time in a while. And, you know, Bama just hasn't been able to do it. And I just think that, you know, Georgia might have replaced, replaced Alabama as the crown jewel in the uh, in the SEC crown, 
Uh, but you know, I'm I I I want to see more from Saban's team, and maybe they pull yep. it, you know, they, they pull it together in the second half of the season. But anyway, that's one of the real okay. fast, That's one of the reasons why you need to have a 12-team thing in here because you know, for teams to keep dropping USC each week because they're giving up a lot of points, I know that's a disappointment, but who the hell up in that top four would want to face a number nine? Uh, USC or a number 11 Alabama in a, in a playoff thing, you know they could be two dangerous squads and they they would be right up there. It's not going to be double-digit you know, uh, favorites for the top four. So that's why I can't wait to get this thing into the you know, 12 teams and get this thing opened up, man. They need to open this thing up. Yeah, I you know, that's a great point. Um, 12 teams, then the 13th team will be complaining. But um, the way it's settled now, it just it never strikes me as fair. You know, you've got people that have never played the sport voting uh, on yeah. these, who's the best team, right? Like, yeah, and I granted, I, I get it. You know, you don't have to be an extra, you don't have to be on the field doing that stuff. But like, the, some the, like the polling and just it just seems. You, know, you get this committee, and it's just like, why don't you just play it out like the NFL playoffs? Hey, you've got a, a champion of your conference, and that champion plays against the other champions. And maybe you have a couple of wild card teams, you know, from those conferences. You know, and at one point we did have, you know, uh, you know, six legitimate conferences, so you could have, you know, a six-team playoff. And then that slipped, and really we're down to two and a half right now. You know, and I, I'm not discounting or casting aspersions on the Big 12. They're just not where the ACC is. Um, and the yeah. Notre Dame thing hanging out there that would force them into a conference uh, and play that way too. I just feel like conference champions and runner-ups, right, and or you have a wild card. Like the conference champions, each of them get a bye, you know, and then you have a wild card round just like you do in, uh, you know, in football or however you want to do it. Just the, the idea of preseason rankings and people that aren't playing the games rankings, just let let the results play itself out. The NFL doesn't have rankings. You know, people have been trying to do that for years with power rankings, and that's that's a joke. That's just someone's opinion, and that's the problem. These games are settled on the field. And so the ranking system, yep. I, I would throw it out entirely. Because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, this year, this might be the year that Penn State surges in, you know, and they're going to they're, – I don't know if they ever make the top four. If they can't get through Michigan, they're not in. But if they're in a, a 12-team situation, then maybe they can play their way there. But then it's settled that way as opposed to, you know, some guy choosing the top four. It just it doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, look, I, I know we're coming to the end of our time here, so I've got one last question for you. NFL draft is six yep. months away, and we're looking at Caleb Williams versus Drake May. If you had your choice, which of those two would you choose number one overall in next year's NFL draft and why? Well, we haven't seen a Heisman winner back-to-back since Archie Griffin. Uh, so I would think Caleb Williams, it's his to lose. And I just think, you know, I look at a, a talent as much as I look at character and everything, and I just look at Caleb Williams and he handles himself, you know, like a guy, you know, 20 years older than what he is. And he's just a leader, and a leader leads. Um, the only situation here is you kind of wish he goes to a foundation where it's not disarray and, you know, he goes to somewhere where it's a situation where, you know, they have a winning tradition there. I know the Bears haven't had a winning tradition in quite a while, 
but it's it's been around a while. So if he goes to Chicago, I think that might be a little bit better than going to Arizona. So uh, uh, I, I I like Caleb Williams. I think it's his to lose. I agree. I think Caleb is. I mean, look. I think Drake May's another Justin Herbert. The kid's got yep. talent. Saw him up close a couple of weeks ago when he was in town playing the Panthers. Um, yep. He makes all the throws. Uh, he's got the poise. He's got even wheels. Uh, and you know, I think he's he's going to be a good one. But you know, that's not a bad consolation prize if you're in the second slot there, and you can get your hands on Drake May. But I think that the uh, it, it is it's Williams's to lose. I mean, I just can't see him. He's he hasn't slowed down since last year. He just took off when he got to USC and is is still doing it. So, you know, I'm, I think that's the way it's going to be, but look, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the show, the draft nation hybrid, the draft four, one, two, one-on-one with Mark Vancini from Liberty Bell smack. Uh, and I also want to thank our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music, radio and podcasts all for free all the time. Uh, Mark, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you. Oh, man, XM203, Series 217, WWDBAM 860 out of Philadelphia, where you were part of that thing. I mean, I just finished up the Pittsburgh Pirates three years, the San Francisco Giants. I'm all over the place, but, man, oh, man, this is one of the best shows to produce. I love you dearly. Keep up the great work, and you've definitely put Pittsburgh on the map. Well, thank you, brother. Thanks again for jumping on the show. And remember, everyone who's listening, while Draft Nation may be off the air, we're always on the clock for you. Thanks again, Mark. 